you guys are seeing this person finally getting a taste of independence and a taste of freedom. Stay tuned. We'll get into this conversation right after these quick ads. Hey, Raindrop. Today's guest on Reality with the King is a Nigerian queen, honey. She graced our TV screens on season five of The Real Housewives of Potomac and has been serving African royalty ever since. That's right, Dr. Wendy Osofo is here. Today, we talk about her failing out of law school, why she received so much criticism for changing careers and her castmates don't, and we discuss why viewers think she comes off as inauthentic. The answer might surprise you, because it surprised me, child. So without further ado, let's get into my conversation with Dr. Wendy Osofo. Dr. Wendy is in the building. As you all know, The Real Housewives of Potomac is my number one favorite franchise right now. I love the show. I love the cast. And I also love me some Dr. Wendy. Hey, gorgeous. How are you? I'm good. We finally get to talk to each other. We follow each other on Instagram. You are such a sweetheart. You sent me your candles, which, by the way, were so good. But now we get to talk. So I'm so happy you're here, my love. I'm so excited. This is long overdue. I'm glad that our schedules finally fit this in. Like, this is this is it right now. This is it. <laughs> oh, and yes, it is. So let's just jump right into it, Dr. Wendy. You came on to this show and set it off like Vivica Fox, baby. Talk to me how this educated, beautiful, family-oriented, gorgeous Nigerian woman decided to step away a little bit, right, from teaching, um, but to really be a housewife on a reality show. Mm, Because I'm crazy. No, (laughs) no, but, like, honestly, I feel like I was just at a point where I wanted to do something for myself, right? Like, you guys met me. I had Cameron July 20th. She was in the NICU, so we didn't come home till like, August. And then the producers were knocking on my door, like, late August. So, basically, I was just enthralled in, like, motherhood. And I was like, I want to do something for myself. I've been teaching. I've been living out my mom's dreams. I've been doing all this stuff, getting all these degrees. And I'm just like, I want to do something fun. And so when the opportunity presented itself, I never thought in my bingo card of life that I would ever be a housewife. But when it came, I was like, you know what? Why not? I don't want to be 90 years old on my rocking chair thinking, what would have happened if you took that opportunity? So I YOLO'd and I took it. Were you a fan of reality TV and or The Housewives of Potomac before you decided to be on the show? Part yes, part no. So in full disclosure, I know this might sound crazy, and I'm not even saying this to be cool because it actually makes me look like I didn't do my research. I did not watch Potomac before I joined. I had every single, like, 
reason to watch it because Eddie would tell me, you're about to be on this show. You need to watch it. And I said, okay, fine. But I was so busy getting ready for the birth of my daughter that I was like getting the nursery ready, doing this, doing that. And then she came early, like more than a month early. So I didn't have time to do what I wanted to do. But I always watch reality TV. Like, I love Jersey. I absolutely adored Atlanta. In my new book, I talk about how I was watching Love and Hip Hop when I actually got the call that my stepfather passed away. So I have watched reality TV. I just did not watch Potomac. Mm, Well, girl. I know. (laughs) So the reason I say that, I think that's so important, is that, like, if I would have known, it would have been Different. But then on the same hand, I'm glad I didn't watch it because what you guys saw was how I felt. Like, I didn't know there was politics. I didn't know who was loved. I didn't know who was hated. I didn't know that. I had no clue. No, and listen, and and I'm glad you did not watch it either because your first season, you were a breath of fresh air. And one thing I always tell people, there's two cities of the housewives who get the casting right. And that's Potomac and Beverly Hills. So when you came onto the scene, I was like, bravo, pun intended. Like, Dr. Wendy is it. I loved you from the day go. Your fine-ass husband, your beautiful children. And you were just so relatable. And obviously, I know the producers who produced Potomac from Eric to Kamar. And Kamar's one of my really good friends. And I would text him like, I love you some Dr. Wendy. And obviously, you fit in like a glove. And even your four degrees, I was like, okay, that could be annoying at times, but own it, bitch. <laughs> like, you got four fucking degrees. I know that. So right. <laughs> let's talk about your first season to now. Do you feel the difference in terms of who you were your first season to who you are now with your third season being on the show? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I think my first season, I came in and you guys saw me in my rawest form. Y'all saw me with my wig tilted to the side, child. Y'all saw me just raw. And why I say that is because you guys really saw somebody who just had a baby, right? Like I was not caring necessarily about my aesthetic. I didn't care about that because I literally was knee deep in motherhood and not just typical motherhood, but now you have three kids, so your hands are always full. And for me, what I've realized, and I did it, really understand it, but I feel like I do a little bit now. When I look at these shows, it sort of reminds me of like a girl group, right? And it's like everyone occupies a different space. And so when I came in, what you guys saw was what I was. I was occupying that space. But then my next season, I was in a place where I was like, you know what? I want to do for me. I'm tired of breastfeeding these kids. I'm tired of these kids on my titty. Like, I'm tired. I want to get my body done. I want to just be free. Like, I'm tired of living for everybody else. And that's what you guys saw. And so it's sort of like when you have a girl group and then somebody in the girl group goes solo and you're like, I didn't know she had all that in her. I didn't know she was like that. And I think that's what people saw. They're like, who is this person? It's like, this is part of who I am. You guys just didn't see that because that's not where my mindset was the first season I came on. I was breast pumping. 
I thought you were also saying, honey, I was breastfeeding the girls. Like, I was I was breastfeeding the housewives too, child, because they needed a little support in order for them to be great, because you gave them some nutrition. Um, so, <laughs> oh, Lord. But that makes sense to me, because, like I said, I adore you. I love you off-camera, on-camera. And even your second season, I, too, as, listen, the king of reality TV, somebody who produces mm-hmm. reality television, I was like, okay, Dr. Wendy is going through her second season glow up, which every reality star does. And I felt like, okay, but wait a second. Are we are we losing the quality of who she was her first season where I love mm. the fact that you were like, I am this smart black woman and I'm going to make it happen. And then your second season with the candles. And I'm going to be honest with you. There's one scene you had with Karen that pissed me off, Dr. Wendy. Okay, which one? It's when you had a meeting with Karen about candles. And I was asking her for advice. Yes, and I felt like you were dumbing yourself down. And I was like, the Dr. Wendy I fucking know is smarter than every girl (laughs) on this cast combined. And I was like, I don't want Dr. Wendy to feel like she has to dumb herself down to be, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. like she doesn't know business. I was mad. I was mad Mm. doing that thing because I was like, that's not the Dr. Wendy I, I fell in love with. Do you understand what I'm saying mm. when I say that? And do you agree? Absolutely. I understand what you're saying a thousand percent. And I agree as well. Because it's not necessarily... I didn't I didn't walk into it saying I'm dumbing myself down. But I also didn't feel like I had anything to prove. Right? And I felt like I don't know business. Like, that's the truth of the matter. Granted, people could say, oh, you can Google a business thing and all that stuff. Yes, you can. But I don't know business. That's just not my strong suit. That's Eddie. Eddie has an MBA. He knows the ins and outs of business. The conversation I was having with Karen, I also think it was more so, you see, this is this is interesting. Let me tell you all this. When you're around Karen and you have a conversation, whether you like it or not, Karen has this mother hen type of persona. And it made me feel like I was talking to like, now I don't want to say my mom. I don't want to say that. But do you get what I'm trying mm-hmm. to say? Yeah. And so and so that's the energy I sort of met her with. Like when I talk to my mom, I'm unsure of myself. Even forget the degrees. I'm unsure of myself. I question myself. Am I doing the right thing? Does this make sense to you? And I sort of feel like that's what came across. But I never deliberately went and said, I'm going to dumb myself down. No. I, I didn't say that, but I do understand the perception of that because when you are a bad bitch in every facet of your life and then you come to somebody like, I need wisdom from you. I need to understand. I understand how you could see it like that. A thousand percent. Yes. A thousand. Okay. Even my even my mom called me about that scene and see? my sister. What did she say? But I was like, not you talking to Karen. Not, not What the hell you need Karen's advice for? She She said more. But, you know, I ain't going to say, child. You know, my mama, she don't hold her tongue about nothing or no one. (laughs) And that's why we love her. I'm so glad you were honest about that, too, because, you know, the purpose of this podcast is to get to know people on a deeper level. Mm. And like I said, I love you from jump and I have discernment. And I just felt like, "Mm, what's happening here? Mm. Do you feel like that's part of the reason why there's some people who feel like, who is Dr. Wendy? She's coming across inauthentic. Mm-hmm. She's not likable like she was her first season. How does it feel to know there's people out there, Dr. Wendy, who feel that way about you going into this third season? I don't give a damn. No, <laughs> no but for real, I think that, uh, in all honesty, I 
in my real life, I'm a complicated character. I really am. Like one day, and Eddie will tell you, one day I'm like, I got this, F this, F them, da da da. Next day I'm crying. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, that's just who I am. That's really my personality. So I think what's interesting about people saying that is I'm finding myself as well. And I want people to remember that also being the child of immigrants, you really have lived the majority of your life not knowing who you really are because you're living someone else's dream. And mm. so I'm continuing on that journey of just finding what I love, what don't I love? Do I like this? Don't I like this? Do I want to sell candles? Do I want to open up a lounge? Because I've done everything in my life and my past for other people. Like literally, since from the moment y'all met me, that was my first decision in my life outside of marrying Eddie, of course, that I made for myself. And that might sound crazy, but I'm 30 some years old. That was literally like, I'm going to do housewives. Like, that's what I'm doing. Everything else I have done in my life has been a joint thought effort. Like, it's like my mom, my sister, everyone comes together to make decisions for me. And it might sound weird, but that's it. Like, I even talk about that in my book. Like, they really have been overseers of what I've done. And in my book, I talk about how I failed out of law school, right? And long story short, y'all may not have known that. I failed out of law school. Yeah, yeah, I did. And they all came together. I was like, okay, so next you're going to be a doctor. So we have to find out how you're going to be a doctor. So maybe you just go and get your PhD. So I didn't even get a chance once I made that failure to then say, but maybe I don't want to go to school. Maybe I want to do something else. It was like, no, you have to be a doctor and we're going to figure out how to get there since the law school route didn't work. So when you are a complicated individual like that, then yes, you guys are seeing me like trying to find my own way because I haven't had the opportunity to do that. Isn't that crazy? This? No, it, it is not crazy. <laughs> no, all, listen, all jokes aside, it is not crazy. And this is why I'm so happy we're talking because for someone like me to be in the business who also always tell people I'm always going to be a viewer. Mm -hmm. So I look at shows that I watch Dr. Wendy as a viewer. Mm -hmm. And then the producer hat comes in secondly. Mm. This makes so much sense to me because to me, I was even hard on you, the premiere episode, because I was like, okay, Dr. Wendy, we got four degrees. Then we're making candles. And now we're doing a fucking restaurant. And I was like, Dr. Wendy, is this, is this for a storyline? <laughs> and now that we're talking... This is so interesting because, and I'm getting chills talking to you right now, oh. you are like most career women who are also mothers, and like you said, child of immigrants. Mm -hmm. You are, for the first time in your adult life, living for you. Mm -hmm. So when we see you go through these motions of, you know, the 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 breasts and the booty and, and candles, and maybe I want to open up a restaurant— we are watching you in real time figure life out. Mm -hmm. And the issue is, Dr. Wendy, we're not being told that's what you're doing. Mm. We look at this now, Dr. Wendy, as, um, and I'm, I'm going to be very real with you. Child, she needs a storyline. Mm. She's coming to set, not knowing who she is. She don't mm. know if she loved Giselle or hate the bitch. Like, <laughs> but I now, I now am getting the glimpse of all your life, and I know this by especially Nigerian mm -hmm. children, mm -hmm. I know that 
your parents feel like you have two choices, a doctor, a lawyer. Yvonne Orji from Insecure, the actress, mm-hmm. said that the, said that the same thing, that you guys are raised to be doctor, lawyer, yes. engineer. Yes. And you, and stop me when I'm wrong, I feel like you lived your life for your mom. Yes. And right now you're living your life for Wendy. Yes. That's exactly what it is. I, you got it. Like that's, that's what it is. And I wish that I, I understand there's an ensemble cast and we can't tease out stories, but that's what it is. I am doing, I'm almost like a child rebelling. You guys are watching a child rebelling. So you're seeing me like, yeah, I got the four degrees. Yeah. I work at this amazing university. Yeah. I'm a commentator. Yeah. I got the husband because in my culture, you have to be married. Yeah. I got the kids, not just the kids, but my culture, you're supposed to have a boy and a girl. So I finally did it. Right. I had two boys and a girl. I did it. I accomplished everything. Guess what? I'm going to live for me. So I want the boobs. I want, I want to get my body done. I want to, why not? If I do candles, I can do candles. If I fail at it, guess what? Don't matter. I'm still a doctor. Boom. All right. Let me do a restaurant. Why not do a restaurant? Because I want to, I think it's a good idea. I also, you know what? Not just a restaurant. I want to put a library in the restaurant because that would be awesome, right? You guys are seeing this person finally getting a taste of independence and a taste of freedom. And that's what you guys are watching in real time. So now that, thank you for for, <laughs> for, for saying that. And, and this is going to help you a lot, Dr. Wendy, because I now feel like people are able to really understand because I am getting chills understanding it now as well. With that being said, hindsight is twenty twenty. Do you now understand maybe why last season, Robin, for example, was really confused with who you were at that time? No, because Robin... (laughs) Robin, I tried! No, 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 no. (laughs) Because I felt like out of... because Well, first of all, I didn't feel that way because we were really close. Like, we actually talked. Like, when cameras are down... And you know this, Carlos. There are people who just film, we show up to set. Then there's people who actually talk. No, we talked. We texted. Like, we... We talk. Like, hey, girl, how Wait, you doing? Wait, not to cut you off, because I don't cut people off. <laughs> this is this is shocking. You and Robin Dixon had a friendship off camera? Yes. Like, we, <gasps> we talk. Like, we was, I would send her an article. She'll send me an article. Girl, what are these people talking about? What are these people talking about? I don't know. When we were in lockdown, how are you doing? How are the boys doing? Are you cooking? Well, I'm tired of cooking. We tired of cooking. I'm tired... We will have those conversations or her just calling me, checking in. Hey, um, how's everything going? Da, 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 da. Like we would talk. So that's why I'm like, mm, no. And then two, we saw Robin go from selling and flipping houses to selling um, beauty supply store hats to doing whatever she's doing. And it's okay. So, so let me understand. It's okay for her to change her career path and explore different th- things, but I can't. That's why I don't get that. I don't, I, I, I would understand. And Robin, you know what I mean? I, I, I just don't get it. Like, we saw you change different paths yourself. And it wasn't a, what's wrong? What's different? Girl, you were just flipping a house in downtown Baltimore. Now I know you You got me on, on somebody's screen modeling hats for you. Okay, you my girl. I'm going to model the hat. I'm going to give you an angle. So why, why can you do it and I can't? 
So do you think in another hindsight 2020 that Robin was doing that to create a storyline? Yes. Oh. I think so. Okay. I personally think she was doing that because because we were friends, she never even asked me that off camera. She was never like, girls, everything okay? Are you all right? Like, you going from this to that? Like, it was never that. It was me watching the episodes with you guys. And I'm like, wait, that's how you feel? You never said that. You never communicate this with me. You never talk to me. You never, you know? So, yeah. Wow. Hmm. This is deep. And, and, and what I think, too, not to get too much into the weeds of last season, but it was what I'm realizing now that I'm stepping back and just watching even this season, the name of the game is connecting the dots, right? It's a connect the dot game. And be, she, that was part of her laying the foundation to connect the dots for my plastic surgery, then to connect the dots for I got plastic surgery because of the false rumor for Eddie. It was all laying the groundwork. It was a connecting the dots. You know, that's what that's 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 what I'm realizing. I didn't know it then. I was like, oh, what's the big deal if I change careers? No, it's because you're changing careers because you're acting different and you're acting different. And then you got your body done. And all of this is because of this. Mm, baby, those four degrees came in handy for the dissection <laughs> of it all. Yeah, I'm trying to tell you. Connect, Connect those the dots, dots, baby. <laughs> so this past episode, we saw that, which Robin, I love Robin. I love the entire cast, but I call a spade a spade, right? We saw that Robin did not invite you to her event that was for the kids. She told Candace to call you a mo- not just a mama, a black mama, okay? She had Candace call a black mama and said, can I take your kids out of your house in my vehicle, drive down I-85 South, getting off exit, exit 12, turning up in the parking lot, child, and, and, and have a play date with another woman and her kids. Mm-hmm. And you said no, which as a black man raised by a black mama, I understood that 150%. Come on, Carlos. <laughs> Where? I was, I was so... I, this is no shade. I said, bitch, am I watching the OC Housewives? Because black folks, no, this ain't, this ain't how we get down. In the audacity of that, what was Robin thinking? Was this another situation where she was creating a storyline, you think? So. Or does she hate you that much? Pretty, you know. Well, it's twofold, right? I think, first of all, if you don't want the mama, then you don't want the kids, right? My kids are not going anywhere that their mom isn't wanted. That's very simple to me. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's, it doesn't take a lot. To, to go through that. Um, and if I could actually keep it very real, there was a moment, a hot mic moment. And in my hot mic moment, you guys hear me say, oh, wait, I'm still mic'd or something like that. That comment wasn't to mm-hmm. my comment earlier about Mia. That comment was because I 
called Eric. Eric Eric was working overtime that episode. You know Eric. Um, I called... (laughs) The showrunner Eric. The Carlos King of Potomac is what I call my mentee. Yes. E.P. Eric. Oh, I love Eric. Because after she did that whole song and dance where she went around the room and asked about everyone's kids. It was definitely about the kids because she didn't ask the women in the circle, hey, um, Ashley, are you available? Sharice, are you available? She asked specifically if our kids were available. And based on whether the kids were available was her not inviting me. Does that make sense? It wasn't like she was inviting the moms, right? It was the children she was inviting. So I said to Eric when I had my moment with him, I set him in the car and I was crying, crying. I said, Y'all can come for me all you want to. I signed up for this. Come for me. She can come for me however she wants to. But to do this to a two, six, and eight-year-old, that's not what I signed up for, nor did my kids sign up for that. And Eric will tell you, I set him in the car. He was right in my front seat crying. I was crying because I can take a lot. But as a mom, don't do that to my kids. And my kids are of the age where, you know, for me, they don't necessarily watch the show, but they have friends, especially my two oldest ones, who their friends watch the show with their mom. Like the show comes on at eight o'clock, you know, they're still awake and they'll say, oh, Carter Cruz, I saw you on TV. So the conversation can never be, well, your kids won't know. Yes, they'll know. They found out the same time y'all found out. They, 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 they have friends who watch the show. So they know that they weren't invited. And as long as Robin has been on this show, my kids are the only kids she's ever had a play date with. Our boys are the only boys that had a football play date. So for her to do that, I just felt like, wow, you know, that's that's really, really wrong. And then um, to answer your second question about was this for a storyline? I don't know what it was for, but I know Everyone, including, and I'll give it to some people who I don't even, you know, have the best relationship with, told her, that's wrong. Don't do that. That's wrong. People, they said, that's wrong. Do not do that. And she did not budge. She was like, I don't care. I don't care about those kids. I don't care. Oh, oh my. Okay. I'm I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to get emotional because I am such an advocate for children you know, even on my show, Love and Marriage Huntsville, you know, I tell the cast all the time, kids are off limits. We're not going to play around with the kids. And no matter what they go through as a cast, those kids are friends with each other. And I always appreciated the fact that when there was ever an event for the kids, that the kids would definitely be there, even if the parents don't get along. And I, I'm i so sorry you had to go through that. Listen, Robin isn't here to defend herself, so I'll, I'll give her that as well. But that that this is truly breaking my heart. And I don't want people to hear me cry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't sound good crying. So I'm going to change the subject because I don't okay. play that shit when it comes to kids. You I know what I'm either. saying? Like, and kids to family, me are off limits. And it's a family fun day. Like, how are you going to set you? So you want my kids to come with Candace to a family fun day when none of their family's there and every other kid has their family? Like, this is not making any sense to me. I don't play with my kids. Why would I put them in a position or an environment where the host of the event doesn't even like their mom? You don't have to invite me. 
You don't have to invite me. That's fine. But then don't now try to backtrack and try to come up with some convoluted, you know, way to get my kids there. It would have made more sense for her to say, hey, Juan, call Eddie. Tell Eddie to bring the kids. That would have made sense. Mm. Let them... Let them let their dad bring them. That would made sense, right? Like, hey, no, Wendy, I have an issue with you. I have a problem with you. Absolutely, you're right. But you know what? Tell Eddie to bring the kids there. Thousand percent. That makes sense. I hate to interrupt, but stay tuned for more. We'll be right back after these quick ads. This is Reality with the King, and I'm Carlos King. Let's get back into the show. So, like I said, I love Robin. I love the girls. I was in Miami a few months ago when y'all were filming, and I wanted to surprise y'all because I am obsessed with this show, and I'm not going to give much away. So I was able to meet um, Giselle, Robin, Sharice, and... Ashley, and they were all lovely. We had a good old kiki, boom, boom, boom. And I said, where are my other girls? Because I'm obsessed, as you know, with you and Candace. Candace was shooting something else, but again, I'm not going to give much away, but Dr. Wendy wasn't there. This was the day after this altercation happened at Peter's Bar One restaurant in Miami. Now that we've seen the trailer, we saw that Mia threw a drink at you. Now, I know you said earlier, girl, you was watching Love and Hip Hop Child, but what the fuck happened to where your experience was like a scene out of Love and Hip Hop, Dr. Wendy? Honestly, it that whole, that was wild. I would say it's it was wild. And I always say, if you watch that trailer again, Pay attention to Karen's face. She did. We were not even there. Like we, it was. It didn't warrant that. No one was expecting that. It completely came out of the left field. And I would just tell you guys to pay very close attention. You know, pay very close attention to what was being discussed and whether or not that it even elevated to that level. Because you are a doctor and you are a woman who's been surrounded by educators and you, you're still, you know, you do a lot of work on different news channels. In that moment or even afterwards, did you feel like I have such a great career? Is this what I signed up for? Like, did you think your credibility as an educator was going to be diminished by your peers because of that moment? Yes and no. In that moment when it happened, I thought of everything I had accomplished and whether or not me retaliating was worth losing all of those things. It was a split second decision because you have natural reflexes. Someone throws a drink at you, it's like, I'm like, you know, you know what I mean? Like it's just natural, right? But like you guys see in that moment when it happens, I, and then I just think of my daughter, I think of my children. I'm like, I've worked so damn hard. Like Carlos, you know, and, and we can vibe on this. In the, in the industry that is dominated by people who don't look like you, 
for you to achieve the level of mm-hmm. success you have, you know how hard you have worked. For me to achieve the level of success I have, where I can choose what network I go on, where I can do these things, where I'm at a top university, is what I'm about to do worth risking all of that. And in that moment, I had to say, you know what? We're not going to do that. Because y'all can say whatever you want about me, but baby, this career, I work damn hard for it. And I've earned everything I have. Nothing was given to me. Blood, sweat, and tears, I earned it all. And I'm not going to let the misactions of one person cause me to now throw all of that down the drain. No. And without giving too much away, then we'll move on. We saw that season five, there was a very healthy um, conversation with the housewives um, after Monique and Candace got into their altercation. There was a sit-down conversation that all of you ladies were a part of. Um, May I ask you, was that same grace given to you after that moment? (laughs) Y'all are going to see a lot of people eat their words. Y'all remember everybody's position, how, you know, this is not what we do. We're better than this. Watch. Pay close attention. This season is about paying close attention and paying attention to the ways that the goalpost is continuously moved depending on who is on the receiving end. That's what this season is about. To tie that to your earlier question, uh, when you were talking about Robin, what you guys will also see outside of the Family Fun Day is people doing everything in their power to ice me out. And you guys will see it throughout the season. You'll see it throughout. This This is not the first time. That Family Fun Day, oh, that's child's play. That is child's play. Stay locked in. What you guys will see throughout the season, you guys will be like, what? Is it that serious? This doesn't make any sense. Well, Dr. Wendy, I will say this, and I said this to all the girls that I know personally and spoken to in this podcast. Um, You are needed for the show. Listen, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The Real Housewives of Potomac is a stellar cast of women. All of you play your role. I am walking away from this interview fully understanding the woman that you are. And I know that, like you said earlier, you're not obviously able to control your story in terms of the the bigger picture. But I really hope a lot of people listen to this interview because I now understand that you are a woman. Like a lot of women, especially mothers, you're just figuring life out. And you're doing it day by day. And the only difference between you and Sally Ann in Iowa is you have a camera crew following your journey. And although it may not make sense to the audience, even me, I now understand it. And I want to say to you, um, I appreciate you saying that because I now have a full understanding of you as a, as a full human, a full mother, and a full wife, and a full entrepreneur, and a full-time 
cast member, and you ain't going nowhere. So thank you, Dr. Wendy, girl. <laughs> Aw, thank you so much. <laughs> yes. So, my beautiful love, where can people find you, follow you, the book? What can, what, what can they buy it? All those things. Yeah. So you can follow me on all social media platforms at Wendy Osefo. And the book, Tears of My Mother, The Legacy of My Nigerian Upbringing, is available wherever books are sold. So go get a copy. It's amazing. Yes. But thank you, Dr. Wendy. <laughs> and The Real Housewives oh, of Potomac you. airs every Sunday, 8 o'clock, 7 central on Bravo. Raindrop, I really, really enjoyed that conversation. I love Dr. Wendy Osefo because at the end of the day, y'all know I was hard on her too about changing careers. But after having a grand understanding of a woman who was raised by a Nigerian mother who didn't have many options to choose from, y'all, she's living her best life. So if she wants to be a candle maker, a restaurant owner, drop some beats. <laughs> Let Dr. Wendy live, y'all. Leave her alone. And Dr. Wendy, if you're listening, make sure you call me, honey, when you're ready to start a production company. I'm your boy. Thank you for listening to Reality with the King. New episodes drop every Wednesday and Friday. Share, comment, follow, and subscribe to Reality with the King wherever you get your podcasts. Visit realitywiththeking.com and be sure to follow me at thecarlosking underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Tweet me your thoughts and hot takes about this episode using the hashtag realitywiththeking. Reality with the King is a production of More Sauce by Stitcher. It is executive produced by me, Carlos King, and Jasmine Henley-Brown. We are also produced by Lashik Lotus-Lee and Brandon Nix. Engineering and music by Marcus Hum. More sauce.